you're listening to the True Life Church podcast. To learn more about True Life Church, including our service times in Melbourne, Florida, join us online at truelifemelbourne.com or find us on Facebook. Today's message comes from lead pastor Joshua Smith. And we're back. <laughs> the people here were like, we never left. Um, <laughs> We're going we're gonna to pick up into a series we started uh, last week. Last week, we started a new series called Heroes of the Faith, all right? And just to back up just a little bit, in case you weren't with us last week or you didn't get a chance to watch the live stream over the last seven days, boo, um, we're going uh, to remind you uh, of why we're talking about this series right now. Everything looking on the news and the media and out in the world, it seems a little heavy, doesn't it? It seems a little rough a little difficult. And throughout the course of human history, it would be a time where where people could kind of highlight some stories or remember some people who have come before. And so we have heroes come forth or be written about like Odysseus, you know, Beowulf. And these stories for us in the Bible are just as important. In fact, in some ways, they may be actually slightly dangerous to us because we think we know them, but we haven't talked about them in a while. Maybe we haven't read them in a while. Maybe we haven't really gone deeper into the scripture like, okay, Daniel, lions, oh, and he survived. Like, it's, not, it's so much more than that. And so we started with our first hero of the faith is Daniel. We had to get to know Daniel and get to know the circumstances before we went with him, quote-unquote, into the lion's den. Because I want to be in there with him. I want to know what it's going to feel like to be in that lion's den and to have as much knowledge as we can possibly have about this guy named Daniel and what has led him in his life to those circumstances. Because by the time Daniel ends up in the lion's den, we can kind of gauge years of how long kings and uh, kingdoms reign and everything. Daniel is at least 69 years old by the time he goes into the lion's den. Yet last week we were talking about him being taken into Babylonian captivity as maybe 12 or 13 years old. So he spends most of his life there and the foundations of who Daniel is are there at the beginning. If we don't understand those things, then we will misunderstand what gives Daniel the confidence in God to go into a lion's den. Sound all right? Mask-wearing people said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> If you recall last week, there are five core components that make up Daniel's character. And if you've written those down, that's fine. You, you're going to get those with me again. And if you have a pen or something to write those down with, write them down today. And depending on how fast I may make Kim type, they could end up on the screen. Five components of, components of Daniel's character. I want to repeat with me again. Number one, faith. Let's say that together. Faith. Number two, prayer. Right? Number three, courage. Courage. Number four, consistency. Number five, lack of compromise. Thank you, front row Bowens. I can hear you Five components of Daniel's character are super important because if we miss this, again, we'll misunderstand why he ends up in the lion's den, why he gets there, and how he gets out. Faith, prayer, courage, consistency, and lack of compromise. And again, he had these as a youth. Now, I love 
all the kids in our church. And I have a, a heart, obviously, for people of all ages. But I will, I will be very firm in saying I don't know of very many teenagers who these five core components make up their life. I think some of them are here. Some of them might be here, out there. That's great. But I don't know a lot of them. Do you? 12, 13, 14 years old, faith, prayer, courage, consistency, and lack of compromise. And these characteristics, if you want to really grow as Daniel did, some of us don't even have these as adults. We're picking on teenagers for a second. Let's, let's pick on big people. I don't know a lot of adults who have these five core components in their life. Faith, prayer, courage, consistency, and lack of compromise. You think that's an issue? I do. You think that's a problem with people who call themselves Christians and they don't exemplify this in some way, shape, or form? Probably. So we can all learn something from Daniel. And if we were paying attention last week, we talked about his courage and we talked about his lack of compromise because this was when they were first taken into Babylonian captivity and they got offered a chance to go to college for a few years. Basically, that's what it is. The Babylonians are going to educate them there in Daniel chapter 1. And they get the king's food. And the king's food included a whole bunch of stuff that the Israelites weren't allowed to eat at the time. So Daniel's like, well, I'm not going to eat all that stuff. Give me vegetables. And if after 10 days, me and my guys... We call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're Babylonian names. Me and my guys put us to the test and see if we're not as fit and as strong as everybody else who's eating the king food. After 10 days, I found out that they were just as strong and fit and, remember, good-looking. So, again, that was maybe one of the takeaways for you as a parent. You want to be good-looking like Daniel? Eat your veggies, right? And they were strong, just as good as the people who ate the king's food. Saying, you know what? You just keep eating your veggies and do what you're going to do. And after 10 days, they looked and were as just as good and just as strong. We're going to pick up here Daniel chapter 1. And I'll just pick up here. Uh, I said 8 through 21. We're going to actually start in verse 17 because I've now recapped that for the sake of time. Didn't get quite as far as I planned to get last week, so we're going to see how this week goes. But I think we're going to be three weeks here in Daniel. This is going to be week two. Next week, rawr, lions. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And this is important. We'll get to in a second. Pay attention to this now. At the end of the time when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs, that's three years, they brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And that's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's Hebrew names. And therefore they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them how many times better, if you're following along? I'll give you a second to find where we're at. How many times? Ten times better. How many days? Were they tested with the vegetables? Ten. I just, I just figured I'd, I'd point that out. It's like for every day, Daniel said, test. God's like, I'm going to make you that much better. Just possibility, throwing it out there. They were found ten times. Ten times 
better than all the magicians and the enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. It was after Nebuchadnezzar, right? Daniel, we know through this time, had an important ability to understand dreams and visions. And this makes a lot of story changes here in chapter 2. So in the second year of the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, this is the second year we're talking about, so they're in college. So as Nebuchadnezzar reigned over Daniel and Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah and all the people who are taken back into Babylonian captivity, this is the second year. So essentially Daniel's in college at this point. All right? King Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. Any parents feel like that? You're like, daily? Yeah, I had dreams, I got troubles, and my sleep leaves me. Imagine if I came to you, did a quick sampling of everyone who's in this room. I said, I want you to tell me what I ate yesterday. And if you don't, you're going to be put to death. Any takers? No. What if I said, I want you to tell me the last movie I watched. And if you don't, you're going to be put to death. Any takers? No? What if I told you I want you to tell me the name of my first pet? And if you don't, guess what? The fun answer, right? No takers? No takers on any one of those? One more? Well, it, it doesn't matter what I say, Ella. Like, <laughs> the answer is going to be the same. Like, no one's going to want to take that bargain that doesn't sound good it's like cake or death you know like it's not let's not do that that's not a good choice sorry if you don't get that reference don't worry about it this is the proposal that king nebuchadnezzar goes to all of his wise men and his soothsayers and his magicians and his wizards because he has a dream not in the good way, like Martin Luther King style has a dream. Like, he has a dream that unsettles his spirit. He is troubled because he can't figure out what all this means. And you can read this here, chapter 2. We're going to actually read it together. And the king commanded all the magicians, the enchanters, sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I had a dream and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. And so the Chaldeans said to the king, and then actually this would be technically parentheses in Aramaic because the whole rest of the book through chapter 7 is in Aramaic. So the, the Chaldeans said to the king, O king, live forever. Tell us the dream. And we will show you the interpretation. Tell me where you ate yesterday. Tell me the, the last movie you saw. Tell me the name of your first pet. Tell me the name of whatever question Ella comes up with. Tell me that thing, and then I'll be able to, to figure this out. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, You know, the word from me is firm. If you don't make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you're going to be 
Here's the fun part. Torn limb from limb, ouch, and your houses shall be laid in ruins, ooh. But if you show the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation. Any takers? Tell me what I dreamed last night. And if you don't, that's the offer on the table. See, if you, they were a wise man, an enchanter, and a sorcerer, they probably should have seen that coming, right? Okay, so they didn't. It's here the second time. They said, let the king tell his servants the dream, and we're going to show us interpretation. The king answered and said, I know with certainty that you're trying to gain time. You're stalling. Like, um, figure it out. I don't know what he dreamed. What would she tell him? The word for me is firm. If you don't make the dream known to me, there is but one sentence for you. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times change. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know what, and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king. Now, this is how many times? Three. There is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand. For no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The, the thing that the king asked is difficult, and no one can show it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Oh, how correct they are. Because this little g-gods, and they don't dwell with the flesh. They're a piece of rock or a stone or a tree or a stick. They're not real. But our God, Daniel's God, does dwell in the flesh, does he not? And through the person of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in us is here. So make sure you're putting your faith in the right place. All the sorcerers, the wise men, the people who were the creme de la creme of the smart guys at the time. Couldn't figure it out. Because their faith was misplaced. Because of this, the king was angry and very furious and commanded all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out, and the wise men were about to be killed. And they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Now why did they seek Daniel and his companions to go kill them? Because they were at quote-unquote college at the time. They were at Babylon University. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do, Babylon. I don't know, there's probably a theme song or a you know, fight song or something like that. It had a mascot, it was a llama. Who knows? Watch out, they spit. So they're at Babylon University. And they're in year two of their training. But the king's decree comes down. He's like, you know what? Forget all this. Forget everybody who's going through this training. You're all a sham. You're all a scam. We're going to get rid of all of you. So they come to get Daniel and Hananiah and Azariah and Mishael. And they're going to kill him. And Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. And he declared to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree of the king so urgent? And Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. Like, you know, hey, king had a dream. He's really worried about the dream. And you've got to go tell him the dream. And if you don't tell him the dream, kaput. And Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. And Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. I want you to pay attention to this. Did Daniel understand what the king's dream was right now? No. But how great was his faith in God to go request a time to meet with the king and say, you want, you want the inter interpretation? That's fine. Just wait. And I'll get back with you. 
You want me to tell you what the dream was? I'll tell you. But first, I go talk with my God. So we have, as we circle back around to the five elements of Daniel's character, they are again what? Faith, prayer, courage, consistency, and lack of compromise. And you, if you want a show of faith, go to a king who's threatening to kill you and say, I will tell you what you dreamt last night. Think that requires some faith? It absolutely does. So we often think about Daniel's story as only being the lion's den, and it's so much more than that. The lion's den for Daniel is a, it's a tiny piece of his story, and we highlight it to a certain degree on flannel boards and in Sunday school, and that's the part of the story we know. Like I said earlier, maybe that's part of the problem because there's so much more here. And Daniel went with faith to a king, said, let me talk with God. And we see Daniel's faith, one of those core components of his character, revealed. And then what did Daniel do? Verse 17. He went to his house, and he made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Stop right there. Just two verses. Daniel goes home. And he does what? Think of the four, five components. To gimme. He prays. Seek mercy from God. Does he pray alone? No. Pay attention to that. Because when things really matter in your life, I'm willing to bet you're praying by yourself. Are you inviting other people into your circle of prayer to pray with? Like when the rubber meets the road, hey, I, I've got a, a tough situation in my job, come pray with me. Hey, my wife and I are having troubles, come pray with me. Hey, I'm having troubles with my finances, come pray with me. This whole COVID thing is really bothering me, come pray with me. I'm really troubled by the, the, the race situation in America and the injustice and the brutality and the loss of history at the same time. Come pray with me. See, I think this time in our country right now is a time for Christians to come together and pray. We know what the troubling situations are out there. We've been presented with a very, it's in our face, no matter what news channel you watch doesn't matter it's hard to trust any of them I kind of don't that's just me like you have to read eight or nine different stories and like okay maybe this is happening but America has seen better days has it not yeah it's like we're tearing ourselves apart and we know the problem out there and are we coming together to pray the thing I referenced last week is that as it stands right now, in the California, Los Angeles County, they said that they weren't allowed to have church services. And so they had a lawsuit against that because you could go have civil protests to the hundreds of thousands of people, but you couldn't have a worship service. 
And so they had a lawsuit said, well, you know, county can't restrict it. And they won that lawsuit for two days until it was overturned last weekend. Los Angeles County said, actually, we can tell you you can't have worship services. Now, fortunately, at least for us right now, we're comfortable here in air conditioning in Florida. But across this land, in our own country, in our own country, things aren't the same. They can't gather in this way legally. What faith do you and I have? So I'll tell you what, they can try that stuff here. I'm going to gather. They can try to say you can't pray, I'm going to pray. You can try to say you can't sing, I'm going to sing. They can try to say you're not going to have church, we're going to have church. I'm on the record right now, like we're not shutting this business down. We're going to gather and we're going to worship our God because that's where my faith is. It's not lowercase g God, it's capital G God. And yes, the situation might be troubling, but when we come together and pray, He provides a way. And the problem in the church in America right now is not that we're gathering or not gathering, it's because we're not praying. You're praying by yourself, maybe. You're not coming together to pray. And Daniel's thrust into this situation, an impossible situation, that if offered to you and I, as we talked about earlier, we wouldn't want to take that bargain to try to tell somebody else what they dreamed last night and then given not only what they dreamed, but then interpret the dream. Otherwise, again, kaput. Not one of us here would want to do that. And how great is Daniel's faith? Because he says, I will. Not because of me, but because of my God. And he didn't have the answer then. And what was his choice? Pray. And not pray alone. Now, does Daniel pray later when we reference the lion's den? Yeah, three times a day. Open his windows, all that kind of stuff. That's what actually gets him sent into the lion's den is because he's praying to his God. And everyone else knows that Daniel is a praying man. And they know how to try to entrap him with their little legalese that we're going to discover in Daniel chapter 6 and 7. They know Daniel's going to pray. And I think Daniel's faith is proven here in his prayer life. And Daniel remains a praying man because of God's coming through for him. Because he was already praying before this. And just like Kim and Jeff were talking earlier, once they've learned to be a good steward of a little, you are given then what? Much. That's Jesus' words. So Daniel gathers his circle of friends. And that's my challenge for some of you today. Things are going on in your life, and we're too proud to share what's going on in our life with someone else. We don't really involve other people. We don't know our neighbors across the street. We're like, hey, how are you? Like, we know their names, maybe. Mine is Gopal and Sonal. They make lovely Indian food next door. They cook in their garage. You can smell it. The whole neighborhood can smell it. It's like, Gopal. Come here, Gopal. Lisette and Sierra, two awesome husky dogs. So the people are... Lizette and Sierra, and they have two awesome husky dogs. Let me clarify that. 
I wanted a husky. Anyway, I allergic. You gotta know our neighbors. We gotta know who our circle of friends are, and everyone else is going to need to pray with you about the things that are going on in your life. Everyone else knew that Daniel was a praying man. Would your friends know that you are a praying person? Do they, do they know your first go-to when things get rough is, is prayer? Not Google it? Not vent to a friend online or on the phone? Do you, do you, do you pray first? Are you a praying person? Daniel was, and it paid off. And then, and only then, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. And then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. I want to read this to verse 24. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might and now have made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. He didn't say known to me. Known to us. Therefore Daniel went into Arioch, from whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and thus said to him, don't destroy. Hey, call a timeout on the, you know, on the killing. Bring me in before the king and I will show the king the interpretation. I'm going to skip ahead a bit. Daniel describes his dream. You can read that there in the rest of chapter 2. It's long and lengthy, and it basically just amounts to his reign fitting into the bigger picture of the Babylonian Empire, and that his days and times are numbered. So he tells him the dream and the interpretation. He also tells what it means. And the king Nebuchadnezzar, verse 46 of chapter 2, fell upon his face and paid homage to what? To who? To Daniel. You got a king bowing down to this guy and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king uh, answered and said to Daniel, Truly your, now it's what, lowercase g? No. Capital G, like we talked about earlier. Truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings, lowercase k. And a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. And the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel made a request of the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, still Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, same names, over the affairs of the province of Babylon. He's like, hey, I didn't do this alone. Give me my guys back, my prayer team, my prayer warriors. And Daniel remained at the king's court. Because when we pick up this story next time with Daniel, we need to know he's been placed in a charge of ruling all of Babylon. He's like king's number two guy. And it's God who does the elevating in Daniel's life. It's that simple. If 
We're going to trust him. Daniel trusted him. And there's so much I'm learning from Daniel. There's so much I can continue learning from Daniel. And I'm starting to understand why we talked about last week that Daniel is one of the heroes of the Bible of whom nothing bad is spoken in any other book. Like, what can you say bad about this guy? Samson had his issues. King David had his issues. The guys that we reference in the New Testament, the disciples of Jesus, they had their issues. But man, Daniel, what a champion. Faith, prayer, courage, consistency, lack of compromise. The lion's den is going to make so much more sense next week when we close out on Daniel. Knowing who he is and what his background is. Because if we think that Daniel's faith needed to begin going into the lion's den, we're, we're wrong. Daniel's faith began a long time ago. And you and I have that opportunity today. And every day. To want to grow in our faith. It's called Next Steps. It's out there on the wall. Grow, belong, and serve. It's a grow opportunity for you. So you know what? I want to grow in my faith. I want to trust God more than I ever had. But you've got to start with a little I want to grow in my prayer life. Maybe you've been praying alone and you should have been praying together. I want to grow in my courage and be bold for, for God and, and, and share something on social media or talk to a friend of mine that may think I'm weird, but maybe I see something that they don't. I want to grow in my consistency and daily do these things over time and pray to God and pray to God and read the word and read the word and read the word and, and you're changed, you're elevated because of what God's going to do in your life. And you're not going to compromise. I shared a couple of minutes ago about a couple of things that at least I'm not going to compromise as pastor of this church. Some non-compromisos. What are you willing to not compromise in your life? My wife and I are also not willing to compromise giving and tithing, like what Kim and Jeff said. And every story I've heard of people in this church, out of this church, and any time over my time in ministry, when I talk to a tithing family or a giving family, I know it because they're not willing to compromise that thing. Like, my life could be in shambles, but I'm not giving this up because God has proven himself trustworthy. And I know where my faith is. Maybe you need to grow in your faith, your consistency, your prayer, your lack of compromise, or your courage. We're going to close out with Daniel next week. And finally, you're like, yes, lion's den, maybe. You're thinking, who's excited for a lion's den? You're like, I will be so we can move on in this series. Yeah, we're, we might get there. We're going to get there. We're going to close out on Daniel. We're going to move on to a new hero after that. But there's so much we can learn from Daniel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word for us today as we just walk through this story. God, I pray that it, it sinks into our, our bones, into our soul, that we are able to remember and learn from these heroes of old. They're not totally just dead and gone. They're, they live on in the story, in the Bible, in our hearts, and because they're part of the same, same God and same spirit that we are a part of. How awesome is that? God, thank you for, for Daniel and for what he's able to teach us. I pray that we would continue growing in our faith, in our prayer, in our courage, in our consistency, in our lack of compromise. God, make us a bold people for you this week. 
awaken something in our hearts, stir something up in our souls today that we can leave here with our heads held high or thinking in a different perspective because you do reveal what is hidden. You know the things that are, seem a mystery to us. They aren't a mystery to you because you are the God of gods and the Lord of kings. So God, I ask that we're able to trust you more as Daniel did. Amen. Amen.